Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. Here with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I am excellent. How are you? <laughs> I still can't get used to saying kettlebells and cocktails. It throws me off every time I go to do it. Do you know what's funny is when you went to go and say it, I because I, I hear you saying it in my head as you're going to say it, and I heard you saying, welcome back to Make Pots Great Again. So I'm yeah. also not used to it, clearly. Yeah, you and me both. It's just like <laughs> my... It's just, it's like any muscle memory, like your mind tells you to do one thing and you want to do something else and you get all tripped up. It's just totally, 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 totally weird. So how are you doing? I haven't talked to you in a week or so. You know, I'm good. I am happy to report that I am cleared for takeoff as far as my activity (laughs) goes. So it was interesting. Um, and this, I bet, is something that you'll talk about on on over on Scale and Bail eventually when you guys uh, do more talking about like postpartum athleticism in general. But I was cleared. So I had my six-week uh, appointment with my OB, which is kind of like the standard benchmark. When you do that, after you do that, you're like good to go physically. Right. And, you know, passed with flying colors. And she cleared me for all physical activity. And I was like, rad, you know, and I made a joke. I was like, I'm not going to go like run a marathon tomorrow or whatever. And she was like, I mean, you could. And I was like, wait, (laughs) what? I was like, well, what about like, what about like ab movements? I think I was like almost testing her like crunches and stuff like that. And she was like, yeah, yeah, you have no physical restriction whatsoever. And I was like, you know, (laughs) I bet pelvic floor PTs all over the world are like tearing their hair out right now as they hear this. But it's interesting. It's like the OB clears me medically. Like I'm not going to bleed out if I go do toes to bar tomorrow, right. you know, medically I'm good to go. Um, but should I, is the real question. Mm. So, um, so she at least cleared me to go back to class and scale appropriately. And then I had another, uh, check-in today with my pelvic floor PT who did in mm. fact clear me for most movements, but did a whole bunch of testing, um, and, you know, like checked out my pelvic floor, checked out some movements, watched me do some movements, gave me some more PT stuff to do for my core. And then, you know, we kind of assessed together whether or not I'm okay to start running, which I am, um, and made a plan for coming back to advanced core movements like toes to bar. Um, you know, and obviously the only thing that's really on hold is double unders because, I don't want to pee myself for life. Mm. So let's just wait. (laughs) Could could your OB give me a note to not clear me from running? That would be great. (laughs) hundred percent. She'd be like, John's pelvic floor is, (laughs) he's prolapsing real bad. That would have been me if I'd have, you know, if I were a woman and and haven't just had a baby, they'd be like, oh, you can run again. I'd be like, no, I can't. Nope. Mm, mm, mm. Just, uh, just tell my coaches. That's a big no. You know, it's funny. I'm thrilled to run because I'm really, really sick of the assault bike instead of running. (laughs) I bet. I bet. Um, It does not take much to get sick of the assault bike. No. And plus we have like five more minutes of nice weather left here in New England. Like it's not going to, I don't, I'm not a great runner by any means, but it'll be nice to just like get outside for a little bit and not worry that I, you know, my bladder is going to come out through my vag or something. So (laughs) we can't have that. I guess I shouldn't laugh at the thought of the thing bladder coming out of your vag, but it's, Dude, yeah. prolapse is like a thing. It was like the one that like stopped me from wanting to get pregnant for years when I found out that that can happen. Like your organs can fall out of your what? Oh. No, I don't want to have a baby. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I can't even wrap my mind around that, Nikki. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. We had this was years ago. We had like um, um, one of Brianna Battle's pregnant postpartum athleticism coaches come to the gym that I was coaching at and did like a seminar for the coaches so that we could better coach our 
pregnant and postpartum athletes. And I was younger, this was years ago, and I did not know all the things that can happen to your body. Oh, you do. Never, ever forget learning what prolapse was. And like, to this day, my best friend Whitney will tell the story of like looking over and watching my face, like watching me watch the coach explain <laughs> that someone's like organs just like fell out through their oh. vagina in the shower. And I just, my face was like, what? Right now everyone's happen. going, yeah, this is the podcast I showed up for. I mean, I'm racking my brain to figure out how I'm going to title it. It's going to be great. Call it prolapse. <laughs> prolapse. <laughs> no, it's real life. It's real life stuff. It is. It is. Know? I'm happy to report I don't have that, and I can start messing around with Toast to Bar as soon as I want to. So there you how go. Is the, how is the training going now that you're like, first day back after vacation makes me want to die. What's first day back after having a baby like? Oh, weird. It's weird. I went into it with this mindset of like, you know, I'm so unsteady. I'm just going to, I'm going to scale the way I did when I was 38, 39 weeks. You know, I spent all this time scaling up. Now I got to scale all the way back down. It's like a bell curve. Right. Um, and I thought I had a really good perspective on it. And then, you know, cause I'm human three, four wads into it when I'm dying, losing my mind and I'm scaled like a first week CrossFitter and everyone else in class is RXing. Like I had a little bit of a breakdown and had to like leave, leave and take a little bit of a 200 meter walk to myself and tear up because it's just humbling to see where your fitness is at. And I know there's going to be a million people who are like, don't worry, it's coming. Take your time. I know, I know all those things too, but in the moment, it's emotional to see where you're at. Like if you have an injury and then you have to come back from it, you know, it, it can be tough no matter how prepared you are. If you had a surgery or something, no matter how prepared you are, um, or if you just went on vacation, <laughs> you just got yeah. lit for wow. like eight or nine days and came back, you were prepared to have a shitty time coming back. But it's in the moment, it was, um, it's been a little bit difficult. So I'm happy to say that I'm carrying on every day. I'm going, I'm still going back. But uh, but it's tough. My engine is just nowhere. nowhere. Well, trying to trying to mentally get back there though is hard. Like I I've been in a bad place lately because work mm. work's been so hard. I've just had a lot going on. We've been really busy, and it's been a rough quarter. And so I haven't been as consistent getting to CrossFit as I would like. And uh, so I'm working out at home still. So don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm not doing anything. But there's a huge difference between me working out in my basement and doing my crappy warmups and, you know, the intensity mm-hmm. between what happens there and a CrossFit gym. And so I've been trying to get consistently back in a CrossFit gym and I've had workouts the last few weeks where I've been really depressed, like mm. halfway through the workout, you're like, Oh, I should not be where I'm at, you know? Mm. And, and so it's hard to push through that. So like, what are you doing to, I don't know, promote a, you know, positive mindset? Are you, are you thinking that way at all? You're just thinking, Hey, what's the next workout going to be? And I'll just address it when I get there. I think for me, what helps, and I bet that that you're similar, um, is being real about it, you know, is is answering your question honestly and being like, you know, I'm not infallible and I am depressed about these workouts and I am whatever, because I think, I think being real about, about it allows it to kind of like live in your mind and then you can acknowledge it and move on from it versus like showing up every day and pretending to have this like positive mindset. Like, yeah, I'm coming back. No worries. Like sometimes I feel like that. Sometimes that's very real. And sometimes that's not how I'm feeling. And so if I can just accept what's happening for what it is, it allows me to like see it and move on from it versus like 
like shove it down and, you know, bury those emotions. Like, nah, feel what you feel, feel depressed about it, feel stressed out about work, you know, understand that that's, that that's affecting you. And then, and then see that for what it is and move on from it. For me, that's, that's the best way to do it. Like, yeah, yesterday's wad sucked and I cried and it was terrible. And today I'm going back to the gym and today I feel better about it because I moved on from yesterday. How, How many workouts in are you at this point? Um, six, maybe. So have you, have you had one yet where you, where you went in and said, all right, I'm going to scale it. And then your own scale was too hard. Cause that's what sucks for me. <laughs> yes. Um, I had one and I just listened to your episode about how sometimes you have, you don't scale the movements, but you have to scale the intensity. Right. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't do that. <laughs> there, was a, <laughs> there was a workout that was, it was a salt bike. Uh, double unders and step ups. Like the whole class was doing step ups. So I was like, cool, I'm, I'm in. And then for double unders, I did calf raises instead, which suck way more than double unders. Yes. I couldn't even do 30 in a row consistently. Like my calves were lit. Um, but I went into it being like, cool, I don't even really need to like scale these movements for real. I need to just, just go ham on these movements that are really, I'm capable of doing them. And I, I, that was the wrong attitude because a couple rounds in, I was, dying and I should have scaled the intensity. I should have. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've done no research on how hard it is for women to come back. So we definitely need to get somebody on to talk about it. Cause I'd, I'd like to learn more for mm-hmm. one. I just think it, I'd find it really interesting, but for me, that's, that's the, what I find most depressing when, you know, cause I scale a lot. And then when I scale wrong, and I'm like, oh, I should have been, and knowing I should have been able to do it, like I scaled back enough going, all right, that's what I should be able to do. It's scaled. I should be able to do scaled. And then I can't. And then trying to get that like positive mindset when I'm done of, all right, well, I still accomplished a workout versus what usually happens to me, which is a negative mindset of, okay, I suck. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just tough. We were, I talked to Ben about this last night. I, it was funny. I, um, workout we did last night was really hard. And I was running. I was out running. I always hate running. And I said out loud, this sucks. Like I just kind of shouted it while I was out running. And I was wearing my new Scott Pancheck shoes that oh, yeah. I got in the mail this week. We'll talk about those later. But um, because I was wearing them, he used to always say to us at the gym, you know, don't say you have to do this. Always say you get to do this. Right. And so then I immediately said out loud, I get to do this. And as silly as that seemed, it changed my mindset. hundred percent. And I kept going, you know, and now it still sucked. Don't get me wrong. It, it didn't make the workout any easier, but it did, it did change like kind of how I was approaching the rest of it. And I don't, I didn't leave like quite as disappointed as where maybe I should have been. Like, I felt like I should have got five rounds. I barely got over four and I still left thinking, all right, well, I accomplished something. Now I know where I can go next time. You know, it's just weird how that happens. Weird how you grow up like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm glad it's coming together for you. How about, um, I saw the video of Matt squatting with the baby next to him. How cool is that? Dude, it's, it's wild that that is real life right now. You know, like I've seen so many other people do that and have that and bring their kids to the gym and set up the pack and plays and whatever. And now it's me weird. Is it all? It's got to be awesome for you. Come on. You got to love it. I freaking love it. 
I do love it. And it's interesting that like, I think I said this before on the podcast, like I never thought I would be that person who like, cause I don't love babies. I never have. And I didn't want kids for a really long time. And I thought I was just going to like have this kid and be excited and then like be ready to get back to work and ready to whatever. And, um, that's not it at all. Like, I just want to stay home and stare at him all day long. So it is the most awesome thing to be able to bring him to the gym. And we have a very family friendly gym. So that's, I'm lucky. See, I'm about babies the way I am about gym dogs. And that's a horrible comparison. I know, but no, uh, it's the best. I, I, it's the only thing I understand. Yeah. Well, I, so I was at the gym yesterday and Saxon rolls in with his twins and they're feeding them. And he, I don't know which one he had in his lap because they look just alike. And he's, but he's holding this beautiful little girl. She's got a little bow in her hair. And the coach is like, all right, everybody suck her on the whiteboard. I'm like, sorry, I'm going to talk to a baby. And I took off and went over and I'm, talked to his baby. She's so cute. I'm busy. <laughs> I can't yeah. come to class. Yeah, come on. Like I've heard it all at the whiteboard, but I don't always get to see babies. So totally worth it. I think that's cool. You guys get all go together and, and uh, you know, work out and you'll get the, I'm sure the occasional, uh, you know, kind of like tonight, baby's got to feed or, you know. Yeah. We are not on a consistent schedule. So like (laughs) whoever's listening to this, just know that we've probably set like a a solid date and time to record. And at least twice I'm like, wait, John, can we like push it back? Like, wait, John, can we just record right now? Like I gotta, I gotta whip my nipple out in a bit. Can we just, (laughs) that's usually my excuse. Well, look, I, I think uh, every, Everyone that's got kids certainly understands that that schedule is weird. And for me, like, you know, it's just fun for us. So yeah, we do it whenever. Yeah. It's all, all the same to me. Well, I'm glad it's coming together. Hopefully next couple of weeks worth of workouts will start to smooth out for you. Get better. Yeah, I think so. I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to coming back to a, a scaled version of the everyday programming in my gym. Plus some pelvic floor PT stuff still worked in there. That's kind of just the, that's the trajectory I'm going with. Well, while you've been uh, off whipping your nipples out and mm. playing with babies, there's been a lot of CrossFit stuff going on. Like everything. Pat got married. Our boy, Patty V, got oh, married. Oh, yeah. I know. So fun. They're such amazing? a beautiful couple. My God. Oh, amazing. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, I didn't know he was getting married over the weekend. And I, who was it? O'Keefe had a photo of it in his story, you know. And so I just screenshot the photo and dropped it in my story and said, congratulations. And, and Pat messaged at some point and, you know, just said, thanks. Cause that's how he is. You know, he's just like yeah. the nicest dude. He anyway, is. I get, I get to the gym. <laughs> One of the girls at the gym goes, did you go to Pat Vellner's wedding? <laughs> <laughs> yup. Front and center. I'm like, yeah, of course. Like all the podium winners invite me to their wedding. Why was I not at Pat Vellner's uh, wedding? You know that he, he was one of the people who reached out, uh, directly and like congratulated us on the baby. And I just, I'm always floored when, um, when people, I don't know, like take time out of their day. And that goes for any, anyone, not just famous people like Pat Vellner, but like listeners and you know, all those people that constantly are messaging me and saying congrats or like, you look great or whatever. Um, but I was just floored that he did that. I was like, thank you so much. I have so much ginger envy. <laughs> I, have, I have a very short list of CrossFit athletes that I think are just like the best, most decent people on the planet. Not that there aren't a lot of them, but like a real short list that I interact with. And mm-hmm. Pat is right at the top of that list. Like that dude is literally just the nicest guy on the planet. You know, who's at the very top of my list. And one of the very, very few people who actually called me when we announced that, um, 
when we announced that we were pregnant and when he, when the baby was here, like no one calls, everyone texts, which is fine. Right. But one of the only people in the world to call me, to talk to me and congratulate me was Margo Alvarez. I'm not surprised at that at all. Yep. She's at the very top of my list of like, wow, I can't believe you're a famous athlete. And you're also so incredibly humble and down to earth and wonderful. Thank you for being an excellent human. Every time I run into Margo, every time she shouts my name and hugs me like she's known me her entire life. No, she's the best. Just literally the nicest. You know who else is like that? Who uh, is also kind of in the news, CrossFit news. Uh, James Newberry is in quarantine. Have you seen this? Like all his um, workouts in the in the hotel. Where is he in quarantine this time? I don't. I honestly don't know. I just keep seeing his hotel workouts, and it's like it makes me feel like a total schlub because this guy's out there like doing a thousand push-ups and sit-ups and. You know, he's got one of those little TRX band machines that he hooks to the door and it's just, you know, pounding away on that thing, just totally shredded and ripped with his dreadlocks, just sitting away in quarantine, working out. I at my house where I have a full gym in the basement and I got to talk myself into going down there some days. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's just funny. Dude, I love following his like recent gallivants. He's just been like all over the world, competing here, surfing there, wearing banana hammocks with con porter <laughs> yeah. i follow all his escapades james is great he's yeah i wasn't following the banana hammock piece i'll take your word for it but uh <laughs> can't miss but, it really yeah well <laughs> i i have been watching the quarantine piece and that part's uh pretty amazing another amazing decent funny dude jacob hepner won his fight against uh josh bridges did you watch it i've watched snippets of it and i will probably watch the rest of it tonight i i think i saw that it's out on youtube now so i'll i'll go watch watch as much of it as i can i watch just a little but uh yeah it sounds like he did real well you want you know unanimous decision on point so good for him i didn't even know this is my thing is like i was like i, I didn't watch it um because i have a hard time watching boxing in general right like, i'm like oh god your face are you okay <laughs> no you're not um, but I, <laughs> so much I don't know about it. I was like, oh, who won? And it was Jacob. And I like assumed that that meant that Josh Bridges was like knocked out. Right. And then Matt was like, no, 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 like no one was knocked out. It just like, you know, it is what it is. And I'm like, well, that, how do they, how do they know who won? <laughs> I had no idea that there's a point system of right. boxing. Zero clue. I, um, I, I don't know. I felt like Jacob was going to win for a couple of reasons. Number one, I didn't think there would be a knockout. You know, these guys are not professional boxers and the odds of being able to generate enough power when you're not a professional boxer to knock someone out. It's usually slim when you're not like, you know, this monstrously big dude, which neither one of those guys are. Uh, and, you know, not making fun of Josh, he's taller than Josh. So he's got a reach, like a pretty good reach on him. So my thought was he would win and he did. And he was really funny. Like he met, you know, I posted a couple funny memes about it and, and he messaged me and, you know, I, I think the haters got to him because everybody was picking Josh, you know, Josh oh. kind of comes off as a resident badass because he was a Navy SEAL and he's a tough dude, you know, he's yeah. got a history of being a really good competitor. And, and so a lot of people were picking Josh and uh, Hepner said something to me along the lines of, yeah, nobody thought I could take a punch to the face and <laughs> he proved them wrong. So really happy for him. Nice. What else? What else is in CrossFit news that I've been missing? Oh, I mentioned our boy Scotty Panchak's got his own shoe now. Okay, tell me everything. Cause I'm gonna get I'm gonna oh. get a pair of innovates for Matt and the, he won't know. It'll be a surprise even though I say it on the podcast because he doesn't listen to this show. Yeah, he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Uh the the Innovate 260s designed by Scott. I wore them last night for the first time and they are great. 
They're completely great. I'll give you the full review. You'll be the first one to get the full review because I I had not worn them when uh, I recorded with Ben last night. Um, uh, see, Nikki won Ben zero. Yes, exactly. In the co-host podcast co-host wars. Exactly. Um, a lot of good things about it. They're really light, really light, uh, good heel, good toe box, good in the midfoot. Uh, the fabric is new or at least different than what, you know, what I'm used to coming out of innovate and the really breathable. So okay. they put in running, you know, they're not a running shoe. Right. 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 Like none of, you know, none of these shoes are running shoes, but no CrossFit shoe is right. Yeah. Um, but it's built like a CrossFit shoe. So like the two shoes that, that they sell the most often are the two forty fives and the three hundreds. So those are the two that CrossFitters wear. Um, it's a good blend between those, like the, the three hundreds are really big and super stable, like crazy stable, much like a nano. Yeah. Maybe the best way to explain it. Yeah. Um, the, these shoes are not quite like that. These are more, to me, they feel more like it. Honestly, they feel like the, the tri-base reins that we, you and I were wearing. Yeah. They feel yeah. like that, like very similar. Like those are the ones I'm going to get them. That's yeah. They're, they just have more. I told uh, Saxon last night, they have a little more feel. I mean, when I say they're not as stable as the three hundreds, it's not a negative thing. I can feel the ground better with my forefoot. Mm-hmm. So when I'm lifting, running, like I kind of have a sense of where I am better, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it's like, they're not cushy. Cause that makes you think of like a soft running shoe, but they are not stiff. They're definitely not stiff. Yeah. Well, oh, that's it. Those are the ones color. Color. You know, and of course, you know, Scott did them in uh, gray and blue and black, which are his gems colors and they look great. Really, they're beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, but they were great. And, you know, the workout I did last night was running and body weight stuff and, you know, burpees and some running and jumping and lunging. And, you know, I, Scott was asking me for an opinion on it. And I told him that uh, I never thought about them at all. Uh-huh. That's the highest praise for me for a shoe. If I don't think about it when I'm doing burpees, if I don't think about my toes hitting the floor. And, uh-huh. you know, I don't think when I'm out running, particularly when I'm not thinking about my feet. Great. That's what I want. And, and they, they fit great. true to size? True to size. Cool. Perfect. Yep. They're really good. Really, really good. Yay. I love them. So I would suggest getting them. So that's all the news. Thank you for the CrossFit news update. I've been totally out of the loop. Yeah. Well, I haven't been completely in the loop, but I was like surfing through uh, stories over the weekend and it's like, oh, there's something new. Oh, there's something new. Like I've just been kind of out of it because I've been so busy. So. I love it. Uh, speaking of busy, we got a couple of episodes we're going to post after this. Um, I had two really fun interviews at the games while you were off gallivanting all pregnant. And um, I had, um, well, actually, one is at the, was at the games. One was immediately post-game. So um, uh, one is with a master's athlete from New Zealand who has an amazing accent. And he's yes. big as a house. Yeah, his name's Ron. And he's big as a house. And the nicest dude you've ever met. And we had a great conversation about rugby. I'm not even sure we talked about CrossFit that much. Excellent. Um, So that was fun. And then I talked to Val Cohen uh, shortly after the games who won the games in the adaptive division. That is awesome. I can't wait to hear from her. Yeah, very, very cool. And, you know, really kind of the first games winner in adaptive. So that's very cool for her. So I get a chance to hear from both of them. So As usual, I'm... I've been loving the con. I know that games feels like it was a, a while ago already, but I am just loving 
all the people you had a chance to catch up with and, and releasing that content now kind of like brings me back into the mood of the excitement that was games. So thanks again for doing all that. Yeah. I wish we could have done them together. And I, you know, some of these, I want us to go back and have them back on so we can do them together because those conversations are fun for me. So yeah, but uh, we'll run out soon and then we're going to be back to interviewing athletes and notable people. I'm ready and I'll be back to a schedule or maybe I'll just have the baby on the boob during the podcast. Let's just do that. Maybe so. Yeah, I don't see why you shouldn't. Bean's been on half this podcast tonight with his little meow. So what's the difference? Yeah, I don't know that it's probably the same amount of vulgar on YouTube as <laughs> me dropping F-bombs. So well, bring it on. Your baby will certainly be nicer than Bean. There's no doubt about that. So I do think that he's, yeah, not quite as grumpy. Well, he's probably grumpy now. He needs to go eat. <laughs> All right. Well, you go feed your baby. Cat. And I'm going to go edit these podcasts. And we're going to kick this over uh, to Ron first and then to Val shortly thereafter. And so for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining. And uh, we'll be back next week with uh, another chat and another post-games episode. And uh, we'll chat with you guys soon. Welcome back, everyone, to uh, our CrossFit Game live series with some interesting voices within the community. This one's going to be fun for me because we've got a Masters athlete with us, Ron McCarthy, who is in the 40 to 44 men's Masters division and from New Zealand. Ron, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, really good. Making me feel bad about myself, man. I didn't look like you at 40. <laughs> I don't look like you at 50, so I guess that works out for me. How long have you been doing this? Uh, CrossFit since 2000. And- End of 2014, so October 2014. Okay. Yeah. So. And did you just stumble into it? Did you seek it out? Like, how'd you find it? Kind of. A um, bit of a journey. So, obviously, really young. I grew up doing lots of different sports. Um, gymnastics was um, probably my main one until I was about 13. And then I started playing rugby league, which is a variation of rugby. Um, and then I went to high school, continued rugby, athletics. After high school, I went to college or university, and, and rugby was my main focus. Tried to do the New Zealand rugby thing, and I kind of made it into the semi-professional ranks. Um, then about 30, I retired from rugby and started my teaching career. And yeah, and I was just competitive, and I wanted to do something. And um, I, uh, I taught at a high school, and we had Olympic weightlifting coach, and we had Olympic weightlifting team, and so I was like, man. So I did that for a couple of years and um, got a medal, and then I moved towns um, for my job, moved cities, and moved away from my coach, and so I stopped Olympic lifting, but I was still training, and I, wanted, I was going to do a triathlon, and then our school employed a strength and conditioning coach from South Africa, and he owned a, he owned a um, CrossFit gym in South Africa. And then, yeah, and that was about two thousand started two thousand fourteen. So he sort of introduced me to it, um, and then, yeah, and I just I suppose my background um, from gymnastics and Olympic weightlifting and, and my position in rugby. I'm probably well, you know, I was. You probably don't know positions in rugby, but I was what they call the halfback and the smaller athlete, the right. small guy, run around talking lots, um, but fitness was. A key part of that position so that was part of the puzzle as well yeah and I just um yeah just started um training at my school um with a few school kids and and then yeah entered my first competition because I wanted to yeah compete and um, have something to do well I appreciate the fact as an American that you assume that I don't know any of the positions <laughs> in rugby 
Uh, and that's a fair assumption. I did, however, just watch the uh, the movie of the uh, South African rugby team. Ah, uh, Invictus? Yes. Yes. Such a good movie. And to prove your point, the whole time we watched the movie, I'm like, I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know how they're scoring points. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know anything about this sport. But it was really interesting. And I was, as you're sitting there telling me that you play rugby or that you were a rugby player, CrossFit must seem pretty simple. Like nobody's breaking your bones doing CrossFit. No, that's true. Um, although I was sitting in the stands yesterday and I was talking to another master athlete. And he was from, he was from the UK and he is from a rugby background. And I said, why do we do this sport? Because every time you go out there on the field, you know it's going to hurt. Like, right. It, you know, it's like rugby... Yeah, it, yeah, it didn't. Oh, yeah, you were sore after a game, but like during it, it yeah, you do, sort of managed it. Do you think that um, it's the same personality type, like rugby players and CrossFitters, so like the same kind of A type personality, willing to do, you I know, kind of crazy I stuff? I think so. Rugby, um, and I suppose a lot of contact sports, is real test of character, and right. I suppose the best players, are, yeah, to stay in that like right through the game there's really shifts in momentum and you know you got people banging into you and trying to take your head off for the you know <laughs> not not nowadays but yeah, it's a tough physical game and yeah you really have to be pretty um have a strong character to stay in the stay in the fight i suppose to yeah. keep yeah to come out on the other side yeah yeah i had a buddy uh when i was in college it was a long time ago but he got into rugby and he'd come home after playing, his nose would be bloody, and he'd be limping. I'm like, why are you doing this yourself? He's like, and he, he always gave me the sense that there was a real tight sense of community, which reminds me of CrossFit. Like, I think, you know, we have the shared suffering that we do in the workouts. We all go in, and it doesn't matter if you're as fit as you or least fit like me. You know, we're doing the same workouts, and we're both sweating our asses off and just getting beat up. And when it's over, we're high-fiving and have that similar feeling even you know at different you know levels yeah 100 percent. that's totally what it's about and i think that's what lots of ex-players kind of miss um is that that camaraderie and that connection and that close unit feel like um they've had especially in down under australia new zealand and rugby and rugby league and ex ex ex-players have had you know um there's been a mental health issues because they've you know, had all this around their mates every day, all day, and then all of a sudden they retire, and then it's just them and the dog and the family and kind of right. missing that part. Um, so are you yeah. scratching that itch with competition now? Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. You know, it's community. You turn up to your gym and, um, you know, and it's just the same people. Every, and, you know, and sometimes I just drive past the gym. I'll just stop in and catch up with everyone and chew the fat and talk right. to people and... Yeah, so it is definitely that, yeah. So how big is the community you're training in now? Um, my community, my gym is only about 110 members. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's pretty average for New Zealand. We've got a couple of bigger ones and a few of the major centres, but yeah, about 110. With my schedule, though, I um, I, I quite, I can, I have to try and kind of fit training in where I can, right, around family, and, um, and lucky enough I can train at school. Um, so sometimes I fit a lunchtime workout in at school or half halfway session, and then I'll drop into the box in the afternoon and stuff like that. Really handy though. My um, both my I got two young kids, an eleven year old and eight year old, and they're into competitive gymnastics, right. and um, their training is like right across the road from our, our CrossFit box. So drop them off at training, and then yeah, I've got no yeah, can go to the gym for a couple of hours, which is really good. 
So, so what's that leap like then from doing, you know, it sounds like you're training in a, you know, it's not a small gym, but it's, you know, it's a moderate size CrossFit box and, and you're managing a family and, you know, school work, you know, everything else to coming here to the CrossFit games. And now you're out on the, out in the stadium or, you know, out on the field and you got crowds cheering you on with loud music pumping. Like, how's that experience been for you? It's been amazing. American crowds are um, fabulous, man. They're so loud, and um, yeah, it was re- yeah, it was it was amazing. Like, so I left New Zealand, you know, it was raining and cold, and it was dark. At, it wasn't light till seven a.m. and it was dark at five thirty. And right. um, come over here and to the heat and the crowds. Yeah, no, it was good. Now, I thought the heat was going to be a bit more of an issue, but um, seemed to adapt it to it um, pretty well not too bad so did you have did you have to fly in somewhere else you have to come to Mexico or somewhere yeah we had a bit of a journey so because of uh, COVID um, in New Zealand our main our main carrier from New Zealand only does two flights to the United States a week and both of them go to LA so we had to fly to LA mm-hmm. we had a 12 hour layover in LA and then flew over Chicago and Chicago up to here so it was about 35 hours all up Right. of um, actually traveling. So, we have any restrictions going back or you can go straight back to New Zealand? No, um, they have to go into, so we have what we call MIQ, Managed um, Isolation. Mm-hmm. And um, so you can, to book a place in Managed Isolation, you have to have an airfare. And so you have to purchase your airfare ticket first and then book the ticket in Managed Isolation. And if there's no rooms, you can't enter the country. So we were we were originally flying home on the second, the day after the CrossFit Games, um, but we couldn't get um, a managed isolation spot, so we had to stay in the United States for another five days, which isn't a bad thing, but um, obviously got work and family to get back to. So fly into the country, leave here on the seventh, fly, get home on the ninth, and then two weeks in a hotel room by yourself, um, allowed out once a day. Um, to get a bit of exercise and then um, in a compound and then yeah back to you're going to be doing a lot of push-ups in the hotel room (laughs) yeah I've I've thought about um, maybe a challenge like trying to do 100 burpees a day right see if I can um, yeah cluck up a thousand burpees I don't know I'll see (laughs) well you're you're describing what's been a really interesting challenge for a lot of athletes and I think what's interesting to our audience to hear from you is um, you know I think about not only do you have this kind of extreme travel, but you're coming from an extreme distance compared to most. Like, you know, you got athletes here that are that live in Wisconsin, for God's sake, so, you know, or, or close by, so they're just making a drive. And in your case, you're making kind of the extreme sacrifice of, you know, doing this 30-hour travel, knowing that you've got a long, you know, sequestered period when you go back. And on top of all that, and I don't mean this offensively to CrossFit, but they're not paying for it, right? No. They're not paying to bring athletes in. So, you know, you guys are doing it for the love of the sport, or at least I assume I am. Like, as an athlete, you know, particularly in the Masters division, like, what gets you up to go, man, I can't wait to pay for my own trip, to travel 30 hours one way, and then spend two weeks <laughs> when I go back for the for the hope that I have a chance to win this new, you know, CrossFit Games title? Um, I, I suppose it's just the, the goal... Um, you know, and just to test yourself to see um, and to experience, um, because I think CrossFit's given me so much in terms of camaraderie, friendship, and that's what I like about competitions is it's not the actual competing and suffering, it's the camaraderie and the meeting the people. And you know, you turn up the same competition, you know, different competitions, but this is similar people, and that's there's a sense of community, and I felt that as part of the Masters Athlete here, and 
yeah, and I was just the opportunity to test yourself to see how you know um, where you're at, I suppose. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's it is it is a um, massive undertaking because we had the gamble. I didn't even have my official inv- invitation, and we, so we just thought, man, um, I'm on the leaderboard. Hope I'm, I'm not going to shift. Um, let's book these tickets and book our MIQ because if we left it any right, I know a um, Masters athlete. She waited till she got an invitation and then she couldn't get home till September, and so it was just oh. impossible. And then, so I've got to pay for my f- um, isolation, which is three thousand New Zealand dollars, and then I have to take unpaid leave from work while I'm in um, isolation as well. So, yeah, and my wife, she's a coach, CrossFit coach, and she, um, yeah, and obviously she enjoys it, but yeah, it rules out her to be able to come out with me and share their experience as well. So, I just, I, I just can't even imagine anything, loving anything so much that I would want to make this trip. And so I've been so impressed with how many people like yourself have been willing to do it. And, and truthfully, like, you know, I think the crowds that are here are so appreciative of it. I hope you guys feel that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like, um, I just met a, a photographer up in an affiliate lounge and he was like, where are you from? And New Zealand. He was like, oh, wow, man. Thanks so, so much for coming out. And it was really good. One of the photographers, um, he, uh, yeah, he just kind of, he made sure he got lots of footage of me, which was pretty awesome because he's kind of new. Yeah, sacrifices it made to get over here, and yeah. Any uh, any athletes that you want to meet while you're here? Um, oh, I've had a few requests from a few male friends for <laughs> a few female athletes. That's right. for sure. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's lots of them. Um, I'd like to meet Chandler Smith, um, just because. In New Zealand, the Māori and the Pacifica community is really big in, in um, CrossFit. It's right. really well represented in competitions, and um, and I think yeah, it's pretty cool to see someone from yeah that you know our cultures back home can connect with. And I just really like his uh, humour, and um, yeah, I was, yeah, I'd be cool to meet him. And plus, there's you know hundreds of other stars. It'd be cool to meet right. a few of those. Um, yeah. Yeah, Chandler may be one of the nicest guys in CrossFit. Yeah. There's like no doubt about it. Um, he was on the podcast at this point, maybe a hundred episodes ago. But um, we stay in touch, and not only is he hysterically funny, but just a genuinely kind person. He's one of the few athletes that will proactively send me a DM and say, "Hey, just checking in on you. How you doing? Like, what's going on?" You know, and that's always meant a lot to me because it is, you know, as a community, like we all interact a lot, but you miss time with people like you don't see them between events and you know you're not always sure what's going on in their life and it's just always i don't know it's important to check in on people and it just seemed really nice to me that someone like himself who's busy and you know training his ass off 24 7 you know that would proactively reach out just to say hi yeah you know, it's cool that, stuff. well you know that's the feeling i just get from you know following them on social media and watching them um yeah that's 100 so it would be cool to meet him. Yeah. yeah. Anything else you have planned while you're in the States? Not really. We um, So, we've, like I said, we've got another seven days here. So, we're, um, we're off to Nashville on Monday. Amazing. Uh, yeah, have a look around. And we thought, man, we're in Nashville. So, we're hiring a car and going to go up to Cookville and check out and do a drop-in class to um, CrossFit Mayhem, which is, um, yeah, I suppose every avid 
CrossFit fan's dream. Then yeah. have you uh, have you ever been to a Cracker Barrel? No, well, I don't even know. What yeah, there is. you go. So you're going to be in Tennessee. So Cracker Barrel is a Tennessee delicacy. It's just a, it's a country restaurant, dude. You're going to get biscuits and gravy and oh, eggs oh. and a true American breakfast. Yeah, you got it. You got to go find Cracker Barrel. Okay, I will. I trust, will. trust me. You're going to thank me later. Yeah. You're going to send me a DM. You're like, thank you so much, John. This is the greatest moment of my and life. And I'll be able to find one of those places in obviously Tennessee and Cookville. Maybe. We actually uh, we don't. You know, people make fun of us here in the states for using the imperial system. We actually in Tennessee, you don't even use that. You measure by Cracker Barrels. How far apart are they? You're <laughs> okay. going to be about ten to fifteen Cracker Barrels from Nashville to Cookville. Okay. So that's the easiest distance of measurement to figure out. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, I love that. And so yeah, a bit of a fan of country music and stuff as well. So. Um, yeah, in the heart of heart of America, so I'm pretty excited about that. Nashville is a terrific city. I li- I went to college there, and and so I lived there for off and on five or six years, maybe. And music's great, obviously, um, but re- fantastic restaurants, great gym, CrossFit gyms, by the way. So if you want to yeah. get in some workouts, uh, you'll certainly have your pick of places. There's yeah. no doubt about it. So. Yeah, um, we've heard yeah great things about Nashville. Everyone that I've spoken to. Um, even a couple of people from home and everyone here, and I say, wow, you'll, you'll love it. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Good stuff. Well, thank you for swinging in and chatting with us for a few minutes. We, uh, I appreciate it. Uh, um, no, thanks very much for giving me the opportunity. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, um, hopefully you'll be back next year winning the division and you're going to, you're going to make the wow, trip again. That's the kind of decision. It's like, I was just talking to Jillian, um, uh, your lady who's come out as my manager as well. And would yeah, so I'm 43, so another two years, but it's like probably another $20,000 undertaking. Can right. I afford it, or do I try and wait another two years and maybe bring the family and right. try to make it when I sort of age up? It's a bit easier. There's a few guns coming down, so you've got to see right. who's nipping at your heels. Um, so, yeah, there's those kind of, yeah, there's those kind of decisions that's not just like... Yeah, hop across the country and yeah. sign up to another competition. So I'd love to if, if, if um, you know if I qualified and um, could afford and all. But yeah, well, I'm I'm going to compete when I can age up into the 75 division. <laughs> That's oh mate, it's it's uh, it's amazing. Like oh, the level of athletes, like mate, it's it's inspiring. It's inspiring. Like and even the teenage athletes. Um, the young girls just—I was watching the final yesterday, and the fourteen-year-old girls just ninety-five-pound thrusters like they're nothing. Like, yeah, it's uh, they're um, they're a completely different breed. Yeah, to say the least. Yeah. So, well, thanks again. We appreciate you joining, Thank and you very much. Uh, best of luck in your travels back. If you need something, recommendations in Nashville, or even what to order at Cracker Barrel, send me a DM. We'll do, and we'll I'll, do. I'll hook you up with that. Yeah. Uh, for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining, and we'll chat with you soon. Hey guys, we're back uh, doing more interesting voices from the CrossFit Games. This one's actually recorded uh, post-Madison because I couldn't get to everybody while I was there. Too busy. Uh, but we have the uh, very, very rare privilege of having a Games champion on. Val Cohen, how are you, Val? Good, thanks. Good, thanks. Has that sunk in yet that you're a Games champion? <laughs> uh, sort of. We're getting there. Uh, yeah. It was definitely... It took a little while after the games to sink in. I feel like I was like living in a dream for a week, and then, um, but now we're kind of back to reality. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure. Well, and you get the distinct, um, you know, 
distinction of being uh, one of the first or being the first adaptive games champion in your division. So that's really amazing. Just kind of trailblazing for others that are going to come behind you. So it's amazing stuff. Uh, let's, uh, let's tell your story a little bit. Cause I, you know, most of our community, uh, you know, particularly with your division being new, probably isn't as familiar with you as they should be. So how'd you, how'd you get into CrossFit? Like, how'd you find your way here? Uh, yeah, so I was a competitive gymnast my whole life. Um, I grew up doing gymnastics and then I competed in college. Um, and when you're a gymnast, it's like people always say that CrossFit is what you do when you retire. So, um, I always knew that I wanted to cross it when I retired. Um, but then I got hurt. So it took me a lot longer to find my way back into CrossFit than like I assumed I would just like finish my career and go right to CrossFit, but it took about five years instead yeah. of that. So yeah. What, what, what was your uh, specialty in gymnastics? Uh, vault and floor depending okay. on the day. Both, both of those. And you were doing, you said you were doing that in college? Yeah, I competed in college for Ithaca College. We're, Ithaca College? Is that mm-hmm. where it was? I had, yep. Carrie, I had Carrie Pierce on here one time and she went to that school up north that I don't even mention because I'm in Ohio. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Why do you think yep. um, CrossFit translates so well from gymnastics? There just seems to be so many gymnasts that get into CrossFit. Um. It was actually a lot harder than I expected, um, but I think just like that awareness, like being upside down, like is so natural for me. Like a lot of the stuff in CrossFit, like rope climbs and handstand walking and stuff, like you sort of have built that awareness of being upside down for like since I was nine. And so it's kind of like it was still hard to gain all that strength back after a while, but um, it was a little bit more comfortable than it would have if I hadn't had my gymnastics background. It's amazing how many people that are into gymnastics say that to me and how little I actually pay attention to it. Um, I, I had Alex Smith tell me once I wanted to, I said to him, I'd really like to really get good at handstand walks because it's the, re- literally the only movement I can't do. He's like, well, you just have to get upside down every day. I'm like, well, I guess I'm out. So it's <laughs> just not yeah. going to happen for me. <laughs> yeah, you still got to get used to it. Yeah. So, um, and you said you got injured. Did that happen in college or before college? Uh, twice in college. The second one ended my career, uh, my gymnastics career. And that was the one that led to the 10 surgeries and um, me becoming a lower extremity adaptive athlete. Um, so, yeah, I tore my Achilles twice, the same one, which is pretty rare, I guess. I've been told, um, but I tore it, uh, the second time my, during my grad year of gymnastics in college and, um, around seven weeks post-op, I got a really bad infection. Um, in, I had a lot of metal in my ankle for other surgeries. Um, but I had a really bad infection and that sort of sat in the metal and, uh, it kind of got all over. So I had to have emergency surgery to clean it out initially, but then it took eight more surgeries after that to, to get to where I am now. (laughs) So it was a long, a long journey. So as, as a competitive athlete, like what does that do to you mentally when you, you know, you go through that infection and you start to realize that your career, at least in gymnastics uh, is coming to an end. Like how did, how did that affect you? 
It was terrible. <laughs> I was, I think it was some of the worst times of my life. Like, um, because I was a college athlete. Um, I went from being a college athlete one day to like not being able to walk across the room. And then, um, then like, not only that, but then it was like, it was supposed to be the normal like six to eight week recovery. And then it ended up being like five years. <laughs> so, um, yeah. That's, uh, I can only imagine. And, you know, I've, I feel like I've met so many athletes over the years that have battled injuries. Like what does it take mentally to, to battle through that and start working your way back to, you know, back into athletics? Um, I think that the, ironically, like what I learned mentally in gymnastics is what got me through all of that because, um, in gymnastics, you learn skills and you like, you don't really think twice about falling, like learning a release skill on bars. Like you have to fall like a thousand times before you catch one. Um, and, but it's like, you're taught to just like, not worry about it, get back up and try again. Um, and that's just like ingrained in you. Um, and so I think like some of the hardest parts of the five years of recovering, like, <laughs> sorry. Um, it was like, waking up and trying and failing to walk like that was like devastating as like a college athlete. And now I'm waking up and my goal is just to like walk normally. And so failing at that every single day was like devastating. But when you're coming from the mentality of like, try, you get right back up and try again. Um, that is what kept me going through that. So then what was it like, you know, after battling through that or as you're battling through that, what was it like walking into a CrossFit gym? <laughs> um, I was actually really excited because when I first walked in, so I knew what CrossFit was. I'd never tried it before, um, but I couldn't like walk without my boot on or crutches or anything. So I was like, at least I can do pull-ups, you know, and I knew that there was something that I could do. So that's sort of always how I saw it was um, I wasn't like intimidated. I was just like, there's at least like a part of this that I can do. You know, I can do a handstand. Like I don't need my foot to do a handstand. I don't need my ankle to do handstand pushups or pull-ups or whatever. Like, um, so that's how I always, I mean, from day one, that's how I saw it. Cause I've never had a, a CrossFit class or workout, um, that I could like do all of the movements in. So that was, um, that was really exciting. <laughs> and, and the gym that you're going to, um, like I, I'm good friends with Alec and Logan who run the adaptive training Academy. And so we've talked quite mm -hmm. a bit about kind of the, the concepts and, and how, uh, exciting and difficult it is sometimes to program for adaptive athletes. Was it, was there special programming you had to put in place with the coaches? Were there any, special meetings or are you just doing routine classes and having them adapt as you went? Um, so originally I started just the normal classes going with everybody and just adapting each workout to me. Um, I was also a strength and conditioning coach for a while. So building on that, like, um, yeah, I just had to modify everything right. <laughs> basically. Um, like I never 
rowed ever. I couldn't row at all. So, um, like always steered instead of rowed, um, things like that. Like I just sort of knew what I could and couldn't do. And then I adapted it. But then, um, when I found out that I was in the games, um, I chose one of my coaches at Feast PJ, um, and he helped me so much leading up to the game. So he was the one who sort of programmed according to like specifically what I needed in terms of adapting CrossFit to my impairments. Um, and so super, super grateful for him. How long have you been training CrossFit? Three years now, maybe three, three to four years ish. And how, how far into it till you figured out you were actually really good at it? <laughs> Never. <laughs> no? Yeah. Um, I maybe when I got the official email that yeah. I was invited to the games, <laughs> um, that's probably it. I, um, in the beginning, it was like hard for me to care, I guess, like a lot about the results because like for me as a college athlete, it was like, if I can't be the best, then like, why should I even try? Because like, I couldn't do some, like, I mean, I literally could do half of the workouts. So I was like, I'm just going to like have fun and enjoy it. And that's it. And then, um, the open, the adaptive athlete open was the first time that I could like do the whole workout. So I was like, okay, like, this is, this is awesome because I can do everything, you know, like, and so then I sort of like switched, it was like a switch of a mindset for me of, um, really being like intentional about everything that I was doing. And PJ helped a lot with that. So this was the first year they're having the adaptive division. When you went into the open, did you go into it thinking you could make the games or were you just doing the open like the rest of us? Like I do the open knowing I had no shot to get out of my division. Like what was your mindset? Um, so originally we weren't in the games, like there was no adaptive athletes in the games. So I was, okay. well, first of all, there are no adaptive athletes in the games. So there to me, wasn't really even like a possibility. Um, I was just hoping that there was going to be another round to like make it to. And there wasn't even that. Um, but honestly, I didn't, I didn't even plan on doing the open, <laughs> um, because, the first workout of the open had double unders in it and like, I can't jump at all. So I walked into CrossFit like the day, the first day of the open and <laughs> my coaches at feast were like, are you doing the open? And I was like, why would I even try? Like I, I can't jump. Like, why would I even try? And they're like, Oh, there's the adaptive version that you should try. And that's the first time I heard of adaptive CrossFit. <laughs> um, and, uh, and even still, like, the adaptive version of the lower extremity workout um, is still has single unders in it. And I was like, well, like, I can't do it because, like, I can't jump over the rope. Like, literally, I can't. Um, and I'm, like, forever grateful that they didn't take my I can't as an answer. <laughs> and they were like, have you ever jump rope down one foot? And I was like no, why would I do that? And then they're like, well, now's a good time to try. And so that was the first time I ever jump roped on one foot or ever jump roped. And then, 
Um, yeah, so, and then I did the whole thing on one foot, so that was really cool. <laughs> so, what was it like seeing your name on the leaderboard then? Like, right out of the gate, you must have been doing well. Obviously, you made it to the games and then won. Um, I think the second workout of the Open, I <laughs> I put my score in, and I remember looking at PJ, and I was like, says that I'm in first that's that can't be right like that doesn't make any sense and he's like no like you're actually in first I ended up coming in second um but like still that was like a shock to me that was really cool um and then that third workout was um really really fun so yeah well let's fast forward to the games then um you know the at least we all had the appearance that the the experience for the athletes from, um, you know, just when you show up and, and the gear that Noble was dropping, you're wearing the jersey today, I can see. Um, what was that experience like coming in for the first time and getting to see all the gear they're giving you and, and treating you guys like like royalty? Uh, it was amazing. Like, um, it was one of the most overwhelming experiences, but overwhelming in a totally good way. Like, um, I've never been through anything like that before and I totally wasn't expecting it so like I'm super glad PJ was there with me because he was like uh helping me like try to soak it in because I was just like so overwhelmed um but totally totally overwhelmed in a good way and I'm very very grateful that they included the adaptive athletes and all that kind of it made us feel like um like part of part of the games and that was really cool you know as a spectator the the games week just flies by like it just I felt like I just looked up and it was over what's it like as an athlete when you're out there, out there competing having to think about the workout you're doing now plus knowing you've got you know more behind that that was a blast <laughs> like I loved it um I one of my favorite parts about gymnastics was competing and um yeah, it was a gift, all of it. How soon into the week did you know you had a real shot at winning winning the whole thing? Um, I don't know. I didn't really think about that. I was thinking about winning each workout. So each event, I wanted to win each event. Um, I wasn't really focused on the whole thing. Um, I was like really nervous for a lot of them. Um, so I was just focusing on one event at a time and making sure that like um, I was hitting all the paces and using all the technique that I had planned out with my coach. Did you, uh, did you break down and wear a Reebok? I did. I did. Um, <laughs> I love shoes and I'm super grateful that Reebok had, um, had the bonus program and that just like honestly it meant a lot to me like to feel like adaptive athletes were included um in that and that three box supported adaptive athletes like that that was incredible and i love the shoes <laughs> so that was yeah. cool yeah no they're great shoes uh, you know i'm certainly I'm making fun of reebok i was excited too when i found out they were that they extended the the bonuses to the adaptive athletes to the masters athletes teens like everyone you know, was participating. I just thought that was really, really cool of them. I was curious how many people would be wearing, would be wearing Reebok. Obviously, the, you know, there are a lot of the elite athletes are sponsored, but 
I was curious mm-hmm. how many how many people in the other division was everyone in your division wearing them or or was it sporadic? Uh, I'd say about fifty fifty. Um, but yeah, I mean, totally to support a company that's going to support us. That like that's that's awesome. Yeah, I thought the games all around were well done this year. I mean, I thought that was really generous by Reebok. I thought Noble um, did a spectacular job, you know, giving you guys amazing gear and and just putting on a really great event. And I I thought even most importantly, they didn't put a um, kind of a secondary focus on Teen Masters and Adaptive, which has happened in years past. Like you guys got to use the big field. You got to use the Coliseum, like. Mm-hmm. really cool what what did it feel like stepping out onto the coliseum floor oh my god <laughs> it was amazing like um i mean especially that last workout was like one of the best moments of my life um not just like my own performance but being there with the rest of the field and watching amy do what she did was like so inspiring i mean i i had tears in my eyes like it was one of the coolest moments of my career watching watching her um fight till the very last second and watching the crowd go crazy for her that was amazing um and the coliseum itself was so cool like whenever my whole life like whenever i was competing in gymnastics the bigger the arena the better and so that was like the ultimate um the ultimate gift to me was being able to compete in that environment. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, that was the one thing I was really, really happy that Noble did to give everyone the experience. I think there's the experience, there's competing at the games and the experience of the games and they're equally important, at least in my mind, but to, you know, give you full reward for your hard effort. You know, like it's hard to get to the games. I don't care what division you're in. You got to be a lot of people to get there. And, um, that experience is important. So I, I thought that was really, really cool. When you, when you think of, you know, what, what you've had to accomplish to get to where you are now, like, I'm not sure the right way to word it other than say, do you, do you feel a sense of, is it pride or obligation or, or maybe all the above when you think of like the impact you're putting on the sport and other young men and women coming behind you, that are going to see what you've done and said, Hey, I can go do that now because I saw her do it. Like, how does that impact you? For sure. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things. One of my biggest goals is to, um, to shed some light on how amazing adaptive CrossFit is. Um, because again, like the adaptive open was the first workout in CrossFit I ever did where I was, was like, I, I can do everything to me. I mean, that meant the world. <laughs> um, cause I never thought that would ever be an opportunity, um, to be able to compete in something athletic where you have so many cans, more cans than can'ts. Right. <laughs> um, that is, has changed my life. And I hope that, it will change a lot more people's lives in the future. Well, and I think that's, um, that's an amazing point, Val. And, you know, as, as we kind of wrap it up here, if you were going to give advice to others that, that have any impairment, whatever that may be, 
and have fears of getting into CrossFit and like maybe taking that, that first leap into the unknown, which admittedly is a really scary place to be when you, mm-hmm. when you don't have an impairment, let alone if you do have one, uh, what, what kind of advice or, you know, what would you tell them to get them interested in and able to come in and do it? Um, I would say that you, you have to focus on the things that you can do and not make the most of that. Um, because there's so much you can do. You have to focus on that and not all the things you can't do. Um, because there's always something you can do, whether it's, a super modified workout or um, lighter weights or whatever it is, less of a range of motion. There's always something you can do. Um, and to be able to focus on that and only that is a gift. So highly recommend you try it. <laughs> I think that's, uh, it's an amazing advice. I hear from people all the time that they, you know, Oh, I don't want to do what's different than what the rest of the class is doing. And I think that mindset of saying, you know what, focus on what you can do. Uh, you know, get the work, get some work in and start making progress. It's just, it's really, really sound and great advice. So thanks for that, Val. So, um, you know, with that, we'll wrap it up, but, you know, huge congratulations for your first CrossFit Games win. Hopefully your first of many. You can can be the, uh, maybe you'll become the Tia Claire of the adaptive division and go five (laughs) in a row, maybe six in a row. Hoping so. Got to work for it. Got to work for it. Well, I, I will certainly keep an eye out and, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll watch you earn those titles. So congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. And for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining as well. And we will chat with you all soon.